Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. It's very hilarious how chirpy you're now being, because like the second before we recorded, Izzy was like, I'm going to murder someone. God, I'm so hormonal today. I was like, why? You were like, just hormones. (laughs) Yesterday and today, I've been... So I've been so moody. I woke up and Anton was like, well, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And I was like, don't you dare fucking speak to me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even say a single word. Yeah. I'm supposed to be intermittent fasting, but I went and got a little oat milk latte to cheer me up. Okay. Well, that's definitely why you're so miserable. Well, no, I just woke up. So I'm miserable because I'm like, it was yesterday as well. And then I was like, okay, you're just going to go and get a latte to make yourself feel better because you've got to be kind yeah. to yourself in these moments. Exactly. And to others. Yeah. How was Italy? How did intermittent fasting go in Malta? Is Malta Italy? No, it's its own sorry, country. Ignorant. Oh, sorry. Which I didn't know either. But it's at the bottom of Italy, but it's sort of kind of in the middle of four different countries and they're their own country and they have their own language. Really? Yeah, and their own food and everything. It's very funny. It's a tiny. Takes it a looked bit- very like um, it looked very like call me by your name was the energy that I got. Yes, and it takes about an hour to drive yes. around it. We got a little scooter, which was really fun, um, and it was nice because we just did the weekend there, and it was enough time because you kind of fly in and we flew in Thursday night, my Thursday night, which is your guys like set Friday night um, and then mm-hmm. spent the weekend there, which was so nice. And it was real sunny and went for swims, ate heaps, didn't intermittent fast. 
So you think like a weekend in a like tropical European location, you can actually do that? Because I've always felt like if you go to London, people say, oh, you can spend the weekend in Portugal, but you can't actually, but you can. Yeah, you can. Anton's going to Krakow in Poland with the boys, <laughs> with the boys for a weekend in like two weeks. Krakow with the boys? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. The classic lads hotspot. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but it'll be fun though um yeah but it was really nice and warm um but i was really keen for more pasta because i thought it was italy yeah i was like how did you go with intermittent fasting and the pasta but but there wasn't it wasn't that vibe there was but it was really mediterranean which is nice but because i don't eat anything like fish Mm. or anything like that then I couldn't eat much. Oh, God, why does my alarm keep going off? Why does that happen every single week? Like, it's because I set alarms for... Alarm. Do you set an alarm to be like 10 minutes into the podcast? <laughs> I, set, I set alarms for everything. I feel like there's a huge amount for us to talk about this week. Like a, like a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot has happened. Should we start with the Bieber dress? Let's start with the obvious spot, which is the Bieber dress. I... I, like, have opinions and also, like, don't have strong opinions. I feel the same. Like, she I... looks beautiful. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I wouldn't get a logo embroidered onto my veil, but also, like, Virgil is not offering to fucking make me one. So <laughs> who am I to say? Yeah. It's not my kind of dress, but it's a beautiful dress and it suits her. It suits her. And actually, um, our friend Mahalia wrote a really good piece for Harper's Bazaar today about, like, um how people are criticizing her because it's too sexy or because it's not quote unquote timeless. And she just wrote a good thing being like, why do we have this obsession with people picking dresses that are timeless? Like, why can't you just pick something that makes you feel really, 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 really amazing the day you got married? Like, why do you have to pick something that you're like, won't date in 50 years? You know, like it's yeah. kind of a weird obsession we have. Like it's not timeless. It's not timeless. It's like, okay, but like four things are timeless. Yeah. I, feel like it's quite a common wedding dress though isn't it yeah I think people I think it's because people are talking about the corset and the veil Mm, yeah and the the fact that it's quite like sexy but she is sexy she's she's a hottie the minute I saw the veil I was like I'm sure this has gone through a lot of proofing but isn't till spelt wrong (laughs) and I had to google it yeah, I thought that too, but apparently either way is fine. Yeah. It just reminded me of those rugs you made for Ikea that said, like, rug in in, in commas. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't know if that's, like, the image you want to conjure up. I just kind of decided Virgil's was, like, a genius or, like, a con artist. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. You know yeah, no, I know. Like, makes him a genius. Like, I, like, because people call him like a modern Andy Warhol, and I was like, that's how people would have felt about Andy Warhol. Like, they would have looked like a, at a bunch of pictures of soup and been like, is this good or just like really bad? Not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally so true. Like, where did he even come from? He just popped up. I know, and he's like the most successful person in fashion. And I'm like, is that veil amazing or is it? like quite weird but I think it's amazing maybe I really want to see the other wedding dresses yeah yeah so do I I feel like we've kind of seen them but I want to see I want to see the third one properly 
the one that like no one shared photos of except for Justin Bieber's douchebag manager. Um, yeah, and... he like went for it that whole weekend. But yeah, I also don't really appreciate Justin Bieber calling himself a thug all the time. Yeah, like I get that it's meant to be a bit tongue in cheek because he's like a weedy little white dude, but. Yeah, I take much more issue with him being like, my bride, like that <laughs> made me physically sick even saying that out loud. I know. I want to cut it out of the podcast because I don't even want it on the record, me saying that word. And she was like, my gloom in the in, in the comments. Oh. I was like, oh. Also. Like, Guys, I'd really warm to you. I know, I know. Just when you start loving Justin Bieber and Hayley Baldwin, they go and do that. Exactly. Selena Gomez put up a photo yesterday. Of her, like, lying in bed, not wearing makeup. And you should have seen the amount of trolls she had about Justin Bieber. Really? I was like, let a girl live. Can everyone please, 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 please just move on? Like, I know. It's been so long. Like, I literally feel like they went out in 2008 or something. Yeah. But then they did weirdly date like again, like, the minute before he proposed to Hayley Baldwin. Mm, yeah that's on the true. Radar. but just like i don't know i'm like who are these people going writing nasty comments and the celebrities but like just don't do that like, yeah one just... one person goes um he just married her for the second time and you're lying in bed growing a mustache <laughs> <laughs> and she's not what she's definitely not i couldn't see she's a single those... here <laughs> I love how you zeroed in on that one. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like it would be really um, keeping something from our listeners if I didn't tell them about what just happened before we tried to record. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so we turn on Skype and it was ringing and then Grace answers and it's just pitch black, like pitch black. And I was like, <laughs> what is she doing? And then she was giggling and she's like, Izzy, you can't see me because – and then she just – got went into hysterics again and I was like what is happening I thought I literally the you know the first thing that popped into my head was that you'd slipped over and hit your what? nose again <laughs> really <laughs> I like revealed myself and I'm just gushing from the face again I was like the pizza incident has happened <laughs> not quite but like not far off and then she peels a plaster off her webcam which she's placed there because she didn't want Russian hackers to see her dancing to youtube dance tutorials <laughs> like what um this is yeah that's like a good summary <laughs> i know so basically we had to do this cyber training at work and they were like if you've ever opened a dodgy like attachment there's like a good chance that someone has access to your webcam 24 7 which is just such a terrifying thing to tell anyone Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this before and we're like, there's nothing interesting anyone could watch if they hacked our webcam, like mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's just me watching Kath and Kim like all weekend. And then basically I had like a mental breakdown on Saturday and I was doing a yoga video and I just stopped doing it and just laid on the floor and wanted to cry because I was like, I hate exercise. I hate all exercise. I pretend I like yoga, but I hate yoga. It's so boring and stupid and I hate running and I hate the gym. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> I hate yoga. It's so boring and stupid. That's how I feel about yoga. Yeah, yoga sucks. I, yeah. For ages, I was like, I love yoga. Same, like, same. Really good. I think it was just. A, I think it was just a trend. <laughs> yeah, I was like, isn't this like a really amazing experience? Anyway, 
I was laying down and I was like, what is something physical that you actually like doing? And I was like, the only thing I like doing is dancing around <laughs> like a Same. So I just YouTubed dancing exercise video and I found this amazing one on Pop Sugar Fitness. It's, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like hip hop something and it's like a 30 minute video and it's got this really cool host and it's really funny because there's these two amazing dancers who are the professionals and then the pop sugar woman who's like this stiff vanilla white woman who's trying to like go along with the dancing and obviously I'd like to think I was the other two but I was definitely her and she's just really funny like she keeps trying to high five everyone and be like yeah so the first time I did it, I had no inhibitions and I was dancing around and I was having a great time doing lots of cardio. And then the second time I was doing some sort of side twerk nonsense and I just stared directly at my webcam thing and the green light was on and I was like, oh my <laughs> God. When the green light is on, what does that mean? I think it just it means that it's active because I think my photo booth was open or something or maybe Skype was still open or something. I don't know. But I immediately was like, if footage of this gets out on the internet, I'm going to live in Siberia and change my name. I this need to terrible. find this Russian hacker. So I covered it with a Band-Aid. I need to find this Russian hacker and pay them good money for this video. <laughs> it would be so funny. No. I can't stop thinking of you dancing around in your room. I cannot tell you how funny it would be because I really let loose. I was like, stop being embarrassed. Just stop. No one's. No one will see. Like, just have fun. So I was like, like one of those um things outside car dealerships, like those. <laughs> oh my god the like, the, the wind like wiggly, wiggly men <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was me yeah we've been doing that i think i said that last week but it's so funny like the two weekends i've had out in london i think it's my friend hannah she really brings it out in me but we haven't lived in the same city for five years um and she lives in london so it's the best she lives a 15 minute walk from me um but the two weekends that i've had out one we went to a london fashion week presentation and they had a live DJ. So we went to the after party and they had a DJ. And we just let loose and were dancing for about two hours. Just full dancing until we were sweating. And then we were like, okay, let's go home now. And then the next weekend we went to London Fields. And then came back to my house and put on this playlist of absolute bangers. And just danced around my kitchen table mm. for three hours. And everyone was dancing. It was this huge, not huge, about ten of us dance party in my kitchen. I was like, it's the best. That really warms. That really warms my heart. Yeah, that's. I feel like when we were young, we would go to the club and dance a lot, and it kept us quite fit and active. Mm. And now because we're so boring, I just do. I'm no incidental exercise, so I've just got to create my own one-person dance parties and make sure the webcam's off. <laughs> yeah, I should Skype you in next time. Mm. Then you could dance around your room. I was thinking that we would quite enjoy doing that class together. <laughs> yeah. Every time you say it, it reminds me of, well, because I'm watching, re-watching Friends, and I've started again from the beginning, when Monica goes to, when someone steals Monica's card and she tries to find out who the Monica is, who's living her best life with all her money, and then she goes to the tap dancing class and she's the worst tap dancer. That. I haven't seen that. And also Hannah from Girls when she goes to the retreat with her mum and she's doing the dancing. Why don't I remember either of those and I feel like I've seen 
I thought I'd seen all the episodes of those shows. Girls is like in the last I season, I think. And it was the funniest clip when her and her mum go to a health retreat. <laughs> I'll find it for you because it's probably you. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Oh, um, wait. I have lots of. Oh, no, you go. Sorry. No, you go first. I feel like no, I you go. always interrupt you. No, I feel like I always interrupt you. Oh. I feel like that's the dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep this in. I know. You do it. You talk. I'm just a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> we literally it's so funny with this podcast how like everyone's like you guys just have the nicest friendship and we literally never fight like all we do is love each other the whole time the only time the only time we've ever fought was when izzy forgot to get me a jewel from la and i was like fucking furious for four hours i know and i was messaging you being like are we okay we've ever had (laughs) i was on a plane and i was like no and later I was like, oh, it's going to be so shit, like having to stop the podcast and everyone will ask why. And I'll say it's because I'm a bad friend. <laughs> okay, so I feel like I really need to bring you across because you won't know much about this. All of this Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner business. Yeah, I'm not across it at all. So they broke up. About a month ago, and then Kylie. That really surprises me. I really thought they were like a like very sound little unit. I know they're they're a really cute couple, but the reason for it, which I'm like ninety nine percent sure is true, is that Travis Scott has a secret girlfriend. Oh my god, this family is he like I just can't. Every time I think it's fake, and then it just outcomes irrefutable proof. Yeah, no, so. Back in, like, April, they broke up for a little bit. Well, there were all these rumors that Kylie didn't trust him and there was all this drama. And then now they've broken up again and they're saying that it's that it's nothing. Like, they just, they just needed space. But then all these other reports are coming out that Kylie still doesn't trust him. Then there's all these other rumors that he's got this secret girlfriend called – what's her bloody name? Ro- Rosian Carr and her name on Instagram mm-hmm. is Young Sweet Ro and she's known Travis Scott since forever. She posted photos of him on Instagram from like 2013 so they move in the same circles and then mm. yeah so earlier this year there were reports that Kylie found suspicious DMs to another girl on Travis's phone and that's why they I don't know there was drama back then and then now they've broken mm. up and then people have gone through her Instagram and linked posts together to show that she's been like hinting at the affair <gasps> for months. And so in April, um, she posted photos, a photo from the snow one day apart from Travis. So it looked like they'd gone on like the ski holiday together. And that's when Kylie Jenner first, all the reports came out that she was breaking up with him. Then in July, she posted a photo from the same casino in Las Vegas on the same night. Mm. Then she posted a photo recently of like a sexy selfie in the mirror with um, the same shoes that Travis Scott owns behind her lying on the floor. Wow. Okay. The evidence is overwhelming. Oh, and then she posted on Instagram stories, how many times a day do you block and unblock me? about Kylie Jenner, like a screenshot of Kylie Jenner that she'd blocked her. 
Oh, that makes me feel so sorry for Kylie Jenner. I know. How awful. Yeah. It's like what you do with your high school boyfriend, except you have a baby with him and you're in a committed relationship. Yeah. I feel sad for her too. It's just, this is the thing. All women should know, do not date musicians. It's yeah, not safe. It, it should be like a law or something. Yeah. It's not safe. Like how you... you we were like, you shouldn't be able to get a tattoo till you're like 30 last <laughs> yes. week. I don't even think that made it into the podcast. No, I, I was <laughs> like, it should be illegal, illegal to get a tattoo to 25. Yeah, at least. It should be illegal to date a musician till you're like 30 till and no better. Yeah, but when you get to 30, you just wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sports, oh, sportsmen. Rugby players. It's a no-go zone. Yeah. Yeah, so that happens. Self-care. That's pretty hectic. It just seems like that's definitely what's happening. Yeah, sounds like it. And then she released it. She put something on her Instagram story being like, none of these rumors are true. It's just the internet creating a false narrative. Because he probably asked her to do that. Oh, and she posted this other, I got really deep in this. She posted this other Instagram of mm. herself with like this really expensive watch. This is another thing I'll never understand. People getting really expensive watches. I just think I'm so far from being rich that a watch would be like the last of my priorities. Yeah, I reckon you just buy all of the like Birkins and stuff and then you're like, what's next? Yeah. Finally, a watch. Yeah. Um, and she posted Finally. A, a photo of this ridiculous watch and her lying in bed. And then she said something like, say thanks to your BD f- from me. And people think it means baby daddy. Oh, oh this was right. Yeah. God, drama, drama. That, that family's been very unlucky in love. The only faithful ones are Kanye and Corey Gamble. <laughs> Corey Gamble? <laughs> I hate Corey Gamble. As far as we know. He's such a little gold digger. Corey Gamble gives me, like, he gives me weird vibes, like bad energy. He's such a trophy wife. He is like, yeah, and like I'm not against that in theory, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not about it. Neither. Um, let's talk very quickly about the Gigi Hadid Janelle Runway crashing gate. Oh my god, yeah. Which feels like a month ago now, but was only like a few days ago. That was so insane. Also, did you love what I put on our Instagram? Yeah, it was really good. Good job. (laughs) Well done. I feel like the only I feel like the only thing I have to say about that is that fashion gets accused of not having a sense of humor sometimes, but that just wasn't fun. Yeah, I didn't find it funny either. I just was like, that's embarrassing for that Yeah, girl. it just wasn't funny at all. It was just kind of embarrassing and weird and, like, not, like, and then, yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't want to get on a high horse about it, but it's, like, a lot of time and effort and energy is put into staging something like that. And if you're going to crash it, at least make it funny or have a point or, like, make it clever. Like, it was just... Gigi Hadid is such a boss. I loved it so much. She just marches up to this girl, grabs her by her shoulder and walks her off stage. And there was like a bit where all the other models were like flocking to her defense and it just felt like heaps of like hot mean girls in a high school movie 
going to beat someone up. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. <laughs> I can't deal. And, and... Raven Smith did a really funny post about it. He was like, I can't remember what it was. It was hilarious. All of his posts are so funny. If you don't follow Raven Smith, you're missing out. But don't follow him because yeah, that's he's... where we get a lot of our inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that. We'll beef out his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I finished Three Women. Amazing. Did you love it? I finished it since I spoke to you last as well. I loved it so much. It was so good. I just, yeah. I. Which Whose story did you like the best? I, I mean, I loved all of the Three Women's stories. Like, I thought they really complemented each other really nicely. And I felt like I identified with each of them in different ways. Mm-hmm. At the start, I really liked Sloane's story, but it, I felt like it really petered off towards the end. Yeah, me too. Like, that was my favourite to start off with because I thought she was a really interesting character, but it kind of didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I think Maggie's just because it was fucking fascinating. And it, I looked up the real case afterwards. So Three Women is a book about so it's a book where the author has spoken to three different women about their stories and then she's written it out as is it written as non-fiction so it's just true but just from their perspective right yeah it's like a non-fiction book yeah and she she's interviewed them over 10 years 10 so years like, yeah i read that somewhere oh my God. in roxanne 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 gay slammed it on goodreads which i found kind of random what did she say um she was just like, oh, I just didn't come to any conclusions about female sexuality. And I was like, well, I, like that was kind of the point, I think. I think if it had some sort of on-the-nose lesson, it would have been a bit boring. Like That wasn't really the point. And then she said that it wasn't very intersectional because it was basically a story about three white women, which is a fair criticism. Yeah. But, yeah, um, Maggie is the only one, I think, who – uh, it's her real name because I googled her and that's so that's the real case and that was like report her name and her face and the teacher's name and face were all comment like in the newspapers at the time. Wow. But the other two are pseudonyms. Um yeah. yeah, so it's about female desire, isn't it? In in different forms. Yeah. It's like three women's kind of sex lives and relationship with their own sex lives over a period of time. I feel like I could really relate to was it Lena? Lena, yeah, I, I could really relate to Lena as well. It's just everyone wants that bad boy. But, yes, Lena. Yeah, it's like everyone has, like, the bad boy from high school who they would just, like, weirdly at age 30 just fuck up their whole life for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Maggie's, it was – Maggie's was horrible. So Maggie's was about um, – her being groomed by her high school teacher. And I just really, really hope, well, you know, like definitely that they've all read it and I hope they feel fucking horrible. Do you think? Yeah. Surely. Yeah, I agree. It was like interesting, I guess, for both of us to read it kind of concurrently with unbelievable because at the heart of it, it was a lot about like a young woman taking a, a, not being believed in these accusations because she took him to court and he was found not guilty. Um, And it was a lot to do with, like, 
people reading into how she reacted and she wasn't responding the way a victim should respond and all this stuff. And it was kind of, I I think I liked Maggie's story the best because I feel like I've never, ever, ever read something where someone's in a relationship like that where they've been groomed and it's like uh, they're being essentially assaulted but they're still having like sexual pleasure from it and it's confusing and it's like she thinks she's in love with him and she thinks it's this amazing first love and she thinks that it's like this incredible sexual sensual experience that other people don't understand and it's not until she gets to 20 21 22 23 and looks back on it that she realizes how wrong it is but she still has all these leftover feelings for him and I feel like you, I feel like I've never read anything like that from a victim's perspective that doesn't. Yeah, so that's that is like most cases, especially with grooming. Like all mm. of them think, yeah, all of them think that they, and that's the reason why with sexual assault, when it's not a real violent case where you don't know them Mm. that's why a lot of the time victims feel like they had something to do with it like maggie wouldn't have wanted to come forward because she would have felt like she was playing an equal partner until she gets way older and realizes the power imbalance and how much he was manipulating her but at the time she would have thought she was an equal partner in it i read another book about it um a really 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 harrowing hard read what was it called i'll figure out what it was called and put it in the show notes um, a while ago and it was about a daughter, a girl who was being sexually abused by her father and it started the same way uh, and it started the same way with her yeah, sort of right. like talking about it as their special time and things like this and then like as she gets older she realizes and that's why so many victims don't come forward for years and years and years because they don't realize it's so sad yeah it's like the michael jackson documentary we talked about yeah, like exactly they they have these lingering like emotional sexual feelings and then it's confusing because you feel like if you're a real victim you shouldn't feel all of that stuff and I loved how like the movie the book Twilight featured really heavily in it and I was like I don't get why they keep coming back to this book but then I thought about it and I was like the whole idea is that the biggest piece of evidence in court was that he'd taken Twilight which was her favorite book and had handwritten notes in it like his little love notes to her and I was like, why do they keep bringing up Twilight? And I just thought that in itself, like a grown man taking that ridiculous piece of shit book and pretending to like read it and love it and share in his appreciation of this amazing novel, it just showcases how young and naive she was and how predatory he was. Mm. The whole thing. And, do you know and, what I mean? And her just not realising yeah. for years and years and years that – there would have been other victims. Did, were you thinking about the teacher's pet the whole way? I could not stop thinking about the teacher's pet. It's the no, exact same. I wasn't, but that's, you're so right. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, like that from from not like a bad family, but having drama at home, coming to her teacher about her drama, him treating her as a kind of a father figure at first to gain her trust. You're so right. And it's also like this is somewhere in that book, something along the lines of imagine if that guy was actually the person he pretended to be a a good Mm, family man great teacher who cared about his students imagine if he actually took her under his wing and actually set her her life on a path where she could pursue her interests and where she could process the things that happened to her at home and where she could do all of that stuff and thrive 
she would have had a completely different life. And instead that person manipulated and took advantage of all those things for his own sick, sadistic sexual pleasure. just makes me sick. Yeah. It also makes me, like, when I read stuff like that, it makes you just, it makes me so scared to ever have children. Like, don't you think? You would just, I feel like you would just, there would be no limit to how many ways people could wreck your child's life hurt your child yeah exactly that and and you just have to take constant risks every time you send them to school or like Mm. to daycare or to hang out at a friend's house or even to hang out with cousins or just every single moment that they're not directly in front of your face is a risk and you have to just be like okay like how do people do it (laughs) i understand why some parents are so psycho yeah absolutely that's why i feel like You've seen how I am with my cat. If someone did that to my daughter, oh, my God, I'd be in there with some bloody shotgun. Yeah, and it's also how she she interviewed um, Maggie's mum as well. That was another little subplot which was so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Anyway, everyone should read Three Women. That should be our next book Everyone should read it. It's such a good book. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. I'm now reading Flashman is in Trouble, but I was um, held held up by a couple of days because Anton was reading it (laughs) and I was just like staring at him being like read your book (laughs) go and read I need to read it hurry up yeah but he finished the entire thing on our trip in Malta very proud it's impressive what is it what is the book oh it's like um a new book called yeah Flashman is in Trouble by a woman called Taffy someone and she's a well-known writer from the US. I think it's her first novel and it's about a man called Toby who leaves his marriage and then I'm only at the start of it but I think a bunch of people I know have read it and loved it. Dolly Alderton did a little um what's it called on the back? Oh a little pull quote. Yeah. Cool. So it's good. Very cool. I ripped through Dem- uh, Demi, Demi Moore's book in one afternoon Mm, I saw that how was it it's good so it's ghost I I wouldn't normally pick up a celebrity biography like it's I just tend to find them not super well written um but it was written by Ariel Levy who wrote that book that I was raving about last year she's like a New Yorker kind of writer amazing writer so when I found that out I really wanted to read it and it's fine like it's not like the 
best written book you've ever read. Like I read it in an afternoon pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But she's just had such a uh, she had such a harrowing, terrible, awful childhood. I just had no idea. Yeah, I read um, um, an interview with her in the New York Times beforehand and it, it touched on heaps of that. So was it, there was, she was raped, right? Sexual, sexually assaulted? She was sexually assaulted when she was 15 and after, she, she, always, she said afterwards she was like, why was this guy in my house because it was her house that she lived in with her mother who was an alcoholic drug addict um and just all around really bad mother had her when she was 19 and um this guy was a like a 45 year old man who her mother had befriended and a few days later she came home again and he was there again and he helped them move house and when she got out of the car he he had sexually assaulted her like three days earlier and he said to her, how does it feel that your mother sold you for 500 bucks? Oh, my God. Yeah. So I just think it's a really good reminder of how um, quick like quick you can be to judge someone. Like I feel like I would just kind of write Demi Moore off as like a Hollywood, grew up in Hollywood kind of person who never had to struggle for much and is super wealthy. And I don't know, I just like you just have all these kind of um, – assumptions about people and you don't know anything about them and she later in her life she didn't talk to her mother for years because when she became famous her mother was selling nude photos of her to tabloids oh my god first pictures of her baby with bruce willis her mom was going to see the baby taking photos and then selling them to tabloids when they didn't want anyone to see pictures of the baby and stuff like that so she didn't talk to her for eight years literally and then when she got really sick she dropped everything, stopped working and went and nursed her for six months. And she just said for me, forgiving her was about me. Like I needed to not carry that for the rest of my life. And, you know, her parents were alcoholics, so she she stopped drinking at 20. And it's, yeah, it's it's really honest. Like the Ashton Kutcher years are in very vivid detail. Yeah, I want to know about that. Yeah, like their sex lives and how he wanted to have threesomes. So she like let people into the relationship that were friends of theirs. I was like, who? Oh my God. And then um, he cheated on her a bunch of times before they broke up and she got, she got pregnant with him and she was six months pregnant when they had a stillbirth and like, it's just, yeah, it's really hectic. Um, Imagine being married to someone for ages and then getting a divorce and getting remarried and having kids and then finding out they're writing a book. Yeah, that's. I was like, I wonder how everyone's responded to it because she's still, everyone involved is still at the height of their careers. It's not like when someone writes an autobiography when they're 70 and no one really cares anymore. He he comes across pretty badly, Ashton Kutcher. Like he comes across, like it's, it's pretty scathing to him, I would think, out of everyone. He would probably be the most annoyed, but it also – it just sounds like he was just really immature. Yeah. Which he probably was because he was 25. Crazy. Crazy. Mm. Yeah, he put up a tweet and it was something like, I, ha- I had typed something – something like I've typed something pretty mean out, but then I took a look at my – wife and children and deleted it oh okay yeah there's definitely some things that she's not disclosed because she says when she was getting a divorce from ashton kutcher her three daughters 
weren't talking to her and didn't talk to her for three years, didn't call her on her 50th, didn't call her on Mother's Day, didn't call her on Christmas for three whole years. But doesn't say why. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't know why. It was just really mean. And I was like, what? I was like, what? They were like 17, 20, and 25 or something. Like just so funny. That would be something if I wrote there. an autobiography. I would be like, for some reason, like, just not say that I'd done anything yeah, wrong with I, anything. My three, my, three, my three children didn't talk to me for three whole years once. No idea why. <laughs> like, <laughs> but all the daughters have rallied around her with this book I was looking up today and have been like, she's so amazing. We're so proud of her. We're so inspired. We love her so much. So they're fine now. Um, have you been watching The Politician? Okay, so I watched the first episode last night and that's all I've watched. Oh, yeah. I really like it. I feel like it's not one of those shows that you can't stop watching. It's not one that you that you binge, but it is a good yeah. watch. Gwyneth Paltrow is amazing. I agree. Gwyneth Paltrow is amazing. Lucy Boynton, I only watched the first episode, but she is such a bloody good actress. Mm, she's so good. Gwyneth, so beautiful. Gwyneth literally, someone in our Facebook group was like, it feels like Gwyneth is pay- playing a caricature of herself, and she actually is. She is, and she does it so, so well. And it's directed by her husband. I know. I just feel like she's in the golden years of her life, and I love how she posted that picture of Dakota Johnson. It made me feel really happy. I know. she's she's She is the best. There's no denying She is it. just the best, 100%. A hundo. Oh, my God. I read the most insane thing today. Insane thing. Mm. You have to read it. Mm. It's in The New Yorker. It's three extracts from Ronan Farrow's book. So, obviously, like, Jodie Cantor and Megan Twohey wrote their book. He's just written his book about investigating Weinstein. And his book goes into massive detail about all the ways that Harvey Weinstein tried to suppress it, but it's so much gnarlier than what the other women had to say. He hired, as I think we knew before, a private investigation firm that's full of, like, ex-Israeli secret service. And what they did is they got this woman, undercover agent, to pose as different people and befriend his victims to find out what they were telling journalists and which journalists they were telling and then getting these Israeli, like, like, or, or Russian and Ukrainian, like, not hitmen, but kind of gangster figures to tail these journalists to and from work, tap their phones, take photos of them with their friends, follow them everywhere. And she became really close with Rose McGowan. And Rose McGowan was saying things to her like, you're the only person I feel like I can talk to about this. They were friends for months. They travelled to New York and L.A. together. They went to get drinks together. She would break down crying with her and be like, I have no one else to talk to about this. And she took those recordings to Harvey and played them to him to be like, this is what she's going to say. That's crazy. It's It's crazy. And Ronan Farrow is like, "Um, I started noticing big men outside my building or like following me to work or driving behind me. And, and one of them became a whistleblower to Ronan Farrow and came to him and was like, I've been following you and it's really fucked up what they're getting us to do. And I'm, I want to talk to you about it and break the story basically. So he's become this source of the book about what this whole 
organization did. It's a, it's Holy wild. Like, it's so crazy. That's just what, yeah. yeah, when you have money, you can get away with like basically anything. Like, it's crazy that this story even came out considering how much weight Harvey put behind it not coming out. A hundred percent. And it was, it just reminds you of the fearlessness of these journalists mm. because they were literally being followed by giant men. Imagine like it was happening to Megan and Jody too. Or maybe it was just Jody <clears throat> coming out of your apartment and people are following you in a car to work from work outside your building, tapping your phone. You would think you were going to get killed. Literally. And they still went ahead and published it anyway. Like they're just so admirable. Man, that's so crazy. It's crazy. I was reading it and I was like, I cannot believe the extent of this. Like I knew that he had private investigators and stuff working on it, but I didn't realize he had these people going incognito and befriending people. And he, this woman told Rose McGowan, I work for a company who wants you to be the keynote speaker at their summit on women's rights. That's how she introduced herself. No wonder her. like Rose McGowan is a bit fucked. Imagine that happening to you. Yeah, that's it's just been thing after thing after thing after thing with her. I know. So sad. So horrendous. I love that you're just vaping in your room right now. I know. <laughs> the jewel I finally got. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks to me. <laughs> Thank you, Nakia. Um, on lighter news, Miley Cyrus has a new boyf. I know. Did you see like an hour ago she was putting up all those videos of him coming to visit her in hospital and like playing her songs it's it's a bit chaotic why is she in hospital what's going on (laughs) um no i didn't see that but yeah i kind of love how she she's just this kind of low-key feminist icon because she comes out and she's just like yeah Mm -hmm. i dated so me and liam ended i dated caitlin now i'm dating this guy and who cares i can do what i want (laughs) I kind of just love it. She's like, she's like, when men do this, no one cares. And then as soon as I'm doing it. But also, she's doing it very publicly. She's doing it very publicly. I think she posted that hot girl fool thing and I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then today when she was posting him coming to visit her and playing her a song and bringing her roses, I was a bit like, are you okay? Like, you don't, you don't need to share all this with us. Yeah, it's kind of a... What's her name? What's that girl's name? Caroline Colloway situation. <laughs> a little bit. It has a bit of that about it. And I also think something I've been thinking about lately, and they said a line about it in The Politician, is that our generation now feels like we have to share everything. I wonder if that's the right thing or not. Like, I think it's great that she's doing it, but I feel like she shouldn't feel obliged to, like, have everyone in on every intimate detail of her personal life. Like, she doesn't really owe anyone that. Yeah, but then I'm like, if she wants to do that, then she should be okay to do that without everyone. You know, like, there's two sides to it. Maybe she wants to share that she's found this new guy that she's in love with. But then, well, yeah, it's like you could just share it with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> But I know what you mean, and it's probably a thing where if people are going to stake you out and hide and behind bushes and take secret photos of you, maybe it's just you just own the narrative and it's not like a big secret because it's happening because people are being shady. Yeah, and I also love how she's just like, our president can say things like grab him by the pussy and all I want is an SI bowl and a, and a morning kiss. I know. She's so cute. I like Miley. Yeah, I'm not too sure about her recent pics of 
partners, but I guess it's not up to me. I just, Cody Simpson just seems so <laughs> random. Yeah, agreed. A hundred, like, like our friend Mel at Pedestrian has a new series called Stay or Take. It's so funny. It's just like stale opinions. Like, remember when we <laughs> talked to them and they said, oh, stale movie? Like, it's like that, but stay or take and it'll be stay or take. I wish this couple from Big Brother were still together. Like, it's just <laughs> oh my God. random opinions. And I was like, I feel like Cody Simpson is like a stale take, like a stale choice. He actually is. And also it's just one of those things where you can tell that even with Caitlin as well, she's picking these people who are just going to fall head over heels in love with her. Cody Simpson said in 2012 that she was like his biggest crush in the world. And then, <laughs> and then in five minutes, she's just going to be like, okay, that's done. Because she's obviously not going to end up with Cody Simpson and that's fine. But I just don't, like, I feel for the poor boy. Yeah. Yeah. She's making some stale choices romantically. And he's 22 and he's right like now. Like Brody, Brody Jenner's ex-wife. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he's 22 and he's just going to be like, like right now he's the happiest he's ever been. Yeah. He's like, he's like rushed to the hospital with a bouquet of roses and a bloody guitar. And he's written her a song that he was performing to her. <laughs> it's just, it's literally like so chaotic for him. It's It's every girl getting their like, the crush finally you just lose your mind yeah exactly and you can tell this is not going to end well for cody he's just thrilled yeah he's like <laughs> lena in three women <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like lena this isn't going to end well <laughs> lena in the group therapy sessions everyone's like lena please like please 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 stop and she's like no it's probably going to be fine <laughs> yeah she's they're like please wake up he's not <laughs> leaving his wife and she's like oh it's fine he spent half an hour with me today that's good um my other thing that i watched which is a bit of a darker note is i watched the joker on the weekend which i'm really excited for you to see everyone had been freaking out about it and making me think it was going to be this horrendously awful right-wing pro-incel movie and then i watched it and was like this is amazing i'm confused yeah so what was the deal so what's his name who's the main guy Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix yeah he walked out of an interview because the and the journalist asked didn't this make you feel weird because is it about like a guy stalking a girl or something no no it's 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 basically it's the origin story of the Joker so it's meant to be He's this guy who's an aspiring stand-up comic. He's a clown during the day. And he's just weird. He's just like a weird guy that has weird energy. No one wants to be his friend. He laughs spontaneously for no reason. He lives with his mum still and he's like 30. He has no friends. He has no girlfriend. He's just a very awkward guy. And people pick on him and beat him up and uh, like make fun of him on the train and like just make his life shit because we're a society that does that to people that are kind of weird um and he gets driven like the whole argument is like it's justifying violence by showing that if someone gets pushed around enough then they will be violent but i i kind of feel like that's true like i just think that 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 seems to be a kind of common thread with these things anyway he is on a train spoiler alert he's on a train and these three wall street banker type guys get on start hassling a woman 
and then start hassling him and start beating the shit out of him. And he just snaps. Someone's given him a gun, the guy he works with, and he shoots these three guys. And it starts this, like, movement in Gotham of, oh, this is the underclass versus the 1%, and he becomes this kind of weird hero because people feel like it's finally the working class getting back at all this inequality. And he becomes this accidental face of this movement, basically. And him being violent, if he feels like it's the first time he's ever been acknowledged or that anyone's ever recognised his presence, so he kind of get he becomes more and more of a villain, basically, more and more violent as it goes on. He's, like a, he's meant to be a super, super, super mentally ill person. So, like, the what the what the he was asked in the interview I think was aren't you worried that that this will inspire similar lonely kind of weird ostracized people to commit violence like aren't you worried that they'll think of you as a poster boy your character and be inspired to do the same thing mm-hmm. and he said he walked out of the interview because he hadn't thought about that before yeah and he wanted to do a thing around the block and then he came back and was like, I still don't have an answer. So the fact that he didn't have an answer when I feel like that's pretty obviously what any journalist would ask is a bit shit. And like also that you that. just haven't thought about that. Yeah, like the fact all. you didn't think about that and a surprise that someone would ask you is quite confusing. weird <laughs> yeah. and arrogant and ignorant. Um. People are totally entitled to their opinion on it and to say I don't like this because I think I think because I think it could be seen as like whatever. But I also think that it's I don't think that you should judge any movie by like what the worst possible reading of it could be. Like I I think if it's if its actual message is completely different to what someone else could could, could interpret it to be, mm. you don't write off a whole movie because I just I found it a really clever like analysis of what's happening in America right now with Trump like the whole story is about a a guy who accidentally becomes this inspiring face for all these underprivileged people and it's he doesn't want to be he just is kind of by accident and it's this whole thing of when you have a whole massive group of disenfranchised people they're going to turn to the wrong person for leadership if no one's listening to them, they just turn to the only person they feel like is listening to them. And often that is the worst possible person, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what's happening in America right now. I just thought it was a really clever analysis of it. And it's not like a movie where this is a, a random person. Like, it's the Joker. It's like the most famous villain in movie history, arguably. Like, like, like. no one's like, is the Joker good or bad? I can't tell. Like, it's the, jo- it's the Joker. Like, yeah. This isn't usually you know I mean? um it's not usually a movie I would see to be honest. The only time the only reason I saw Batman was cuz Heath Ledger was in it. But I'm going to go and watch it cuz Anton wants to see it. So He acts Heath Ledger under the table. Yeah. Grace, you he can't say these sorts Heath of things. Into... But but like I would never say that I think Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight is one of the best movie performances ever and me and my brother were talking about it afterwards and we're like we would never ever ever say that it was better than Heath's but it's like beyond it's one of the best performances like acting performances I think I've ever seen in my entire life it was like watching art crazy he's amazing I'm excited it's worth it just for that um it's also funny because everyone was freaking out about it and then I put on my insta stories I was like 
I loved this movie. I thought it was amazing. Please argue with me in my DMs. Like, if you hated it, I'd love to hear your opinion. And I got, like, 30 responses, and every single person was like, I love this too. I don't get why everyone's so mad about it. <laughs> so I feel like when you hate something, you broadcast it, and when you don't, you just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also when everyone else is saying you hate it and you and you like it, then you, you sort of feel like you've got the wrong opinion, so you don't say anything. Yeah, and then I was confused because I was like, I want people to argue with me about it because I, I'm like, what am I not getting that everyone else is getting? But then it, like when I talked to people about it, I just felt like, I don't know. Is it really scary? And it's not that violent. Oh, okay. No, it's not scary. It's just, it's just grim. I don't it's like really scary grim. movies. Like nothing... So it's scary. It's just nothing nice happens in it. Like, it's just about this, like, really disturbed man that, like, bad things happen to who then does really, really, really terrible things and is a, you know. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm excited to see that. Okay, also, my last thing I'm going to say on the topic, sorry. God. <laughs> I'm going to get on my Taylor Swift-esque rant about it. But I think if people are disturbed by the fact that it turns a person who does bad violence into an empathetic character like empathy is easy when it's people who do good things like having empathy for people who are just completely morally sound doesn't mean anything because that's easy it's like having empathy for complicated people who do bad stuff is the whole purpose of empathy and I think if we had more of an attitude of being open to the reasons why people commit acts of violence, we would have a better chance at remedying acts of violence. So I think that even though it's difficult and it's hard and it's not fun, it's not a fun watch to watch someone, there's a lot of value in a a big part of the message of it is just like there are people who find life really hard, who are really mentally ill and who don't fit into society very easily and who go do stand-up gigs and their set's terrible and embarrassing and bizarre and, and everyone's like, oh, a freak. And then that just drives them further and further and further into feeling like they don't exist in the world. And that's something that we can all try and work on and remedy. You know what I mean? It doesn't excuse violence. It's just we should all try to think about the ways in which we can kind of make the world a little bit nicer. I agree. End of rant. (laughs) (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) You're probably going to watch it and be like, Grace, you're a fucking sicko. That movie was disgusting (laughs) and I hate you (laughs) next week. (laughs) Probably. I just have one more thing to talk about as well. Did you see that um, James Middleton is engaged? I did see that. I thought he was dating Donna Eyre. I've never even heard of this person that he's engaged to. Yeah, he's engaged to this really cute little French girl who he met when she stopped to pat one of his dogs. Oh, my God. What a story. But he's also just so hot. On a lighter note. Much lighter note. He'd be the perfect one to marry because he's like in the family but not really but also a massive hottie and you could still kind of work and have a normal life yeah and he lives on the farm with all of these dogs and just sails and lives this high life because the middleton family is so rich anyway and then they just live on this beautiful farm in the english countryside with all these animals i'm like did i miss my calling <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Izzy, this should have been you. I know, that's I could have been exactly the kid for your wedding, upstaging you in a soddy little dress. 
I would not let that happen. I don't know how Kate let that happen. You're like, Grace, why are you wearing a body card down? <laughs> yeah. That was so funny when that happened. Everyone lost their mind. I remember. It's so funny. I, it's like it's like blazed on my retinas the moment she stepped out of the car and picked up the dress. I feel like everyone I was watching it with was like, ah! <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to do that at your wedding. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. Shall we wrap this up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, Good episode. Lots of topics. Lots of topics. Good episode if we do say so ourselves. Some weeks we're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Anton this morning was like, what are you going to talk about? I was like, Anton, for God's sake, I don't know. Are you going to ask me this every week? <laughs> like, I never know. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I think my phone's going to need to that might be one. Some weeks it's just a barren wasteland. Yeah. Okay. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, share on Instagram stories, join our closed Facebook group, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.